Hello there, I'm Ethan. I'm Noah. And you're listening to the only pop culture podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, songs, current events, politics, medicine, investments, and marsupials. Each episode, we invite one esteemed guest to tell us what they think is good, and then we tell them if they're a piece of shit. Spoiler alert, they are. Welcome to Good Taste, Bad Apple. I think little of you. You piece of shit. Why would you defend that? That is not art. We are here this week, very excited, with Mike Burns. Mike, you want to say hi? Hi, hello. Oh, that was that was really well done. Uh, Ethan, you want to talk a little bit about Mike? Sure. Um, yeah, Mike went to uh, Williams College and was in an improv group with both of us, so really radical departure from the previous two guests. Uh, Mike is a big fan of raccoons, and he has LinkedIn. Um, and I think that's really all everyone needs to know about Mike. Yeah, though, though our listeners should know that I actually did not overlap with Mike at all. So we're sort of sniffing each other out right now. That is true. Like two hungry raccoons. It's a real exactly. will they, won't they? Right. Yeah. And, and let me just say, they will. Yeah. Mike, is there any information you want to give the listeners just, you know, to maybe color their perceptions of you? Uh, I live in Washington, D.C. Not sure if that's relevant, but seems like something that's pretty pertinent in my day-to-day life. Um, I will emphasize that we did not overlap in the improv group, uh, me and Noah, or Ethan, actually. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> Ethan and I only overlapped in a year at school, and we did not let him into the group when I was in the improv group. That is group. correct. <laughs> I, 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 did, I remember I explicitly voted not to let him in the group, uh, but he ended up becoming my friend and uh, eventually joined the and group and, and me as well and proved to be funnier than me. Trying to be, really. Uh, and I think the group after I left got a lot funnier. I'm not, I can't I confirm know. that. I didn't get to go to any shows because I wasn't in the area, but I can probably bet that it was funnier. Who's to say? <laughs> now, Mike, you said you live in Washington, D.C. Um, politics, you know, what's going on with that? Politics. Apparently, there's going to be a big march next Friday. I don't know about what. All I know is my friend is coming to town for it, and he asked if he could stay with me, and I had to play it off like I'd heard of this march before. <laughs> I did not. I was like, oh, yeah, that one. And I still don't know what it's about. I didn't look it up. Uh, now, here's a question for you. In the Star Wars movies, there's a Senate, and there are a number of different alien species in the Senate. And I could never figure out if it was one representative per species or one representative per planet. So let's say you live on a planet where there are more than a single species like ours. Like if Earth had to send a representative, they'd probably send a human. But let's say like dolphins or octopus were like a little bit smarter. Who's to say we shouldn't send an octopus? And you know who who governs that uh, that process? What, uh, what what do you have to say about that, Mike? I think that's a pretty good question, Ethan. Uh, I think there'd have to be some sort of uh, unanimous vote or consensus between the and, and the interspecies dialogue to decide on who is the appropriate representative to go to this intergalactic council. However, uh, I am not sure uh, what the eventual result of such a dialogue would be. Perhaps some species could display more empathy and compassion than humans can. 
uh, yet that is to be determined through the discussion. If you were the only person choosing, what would you pick? Me? Yeah. I'd pick a big old sloth to send to space just to, just to see what would happen. All right, what if we kick this thing off, uh, take it to the first offering? So, Mike, you've brought us something called Bob's Burgers. You want to tell us a little bit about this? Don't act like it's something called Bob's Burgers. It's a popular show. Okay, do you want me to just explain the show to you? Yeah, I'd like a brief plot summary. All right, it's a cartoon that uh, airs or used to air during the animation domination hour or, or two on Fox. I have no idea what day of the week that was anymore. It's about a family of five that uh, uh, runs a restaurant called Bob's Burgers. The dad's the chef. The wife also works there. The kids help out around the restaurant. And they live above the restaurant because they're poor. And it's a pretty good show. It's funny. They talk over each other a lot. They have a lot of strong characters. It's a cartoon, so there's a lot of really good guest voice actors that come on the show, other celebrities, other like funny comedians and improvisers. And it's been around for a while now. I have no idea how many seasons it has, seven or eight. And overall, it's just a slam dunk. It's really good. I'd love to know how you like when you first found out about this. Did someone recommend it to you? Did you just catch it on TV at some point? I think I was always into cartoons a lot growing up from like moving around from like Cartoon Network and then like the late night block Toonami and Adult Swim, also on Cartoon Network and also like Nicktoons. And eventually I must have just been watching probably The Simpsons or something. And then the just they, the next show came on and it was Bob's Burgers and I kept watching and I was like, oh, this is really funny. And I just kind of stuck with it ever since. Are you predisposed to like animated shows more than live action or does it just, it seems like you, you like quite a few of them. Did that just happen because generally more kids shows are animated or do you, do you really think there's something with animation that, that makes it better? I, I drew, I loved comics as a kid, not uh, like superhero comics, but comic strips like in the paper. Uh, and so I drew a lot of those as a kid and I would draw comics and copy them. And then eventually I got into cartoons and I used to draw cartoons and I was really into it. And I like read a lot of cartoonists online who work as storyboard artists for these shows on Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. And I like a lot of their personal artwork and just like personal comics that they make that they go and like sell at these like indie comic conventions. It's all very cool, very cool art stuff. Wait, that's a way better answer than I thought we were gonna get. Yeah. You cartooned? Yeah, I used to make cartoons and stuff, and I would like send them to my friends. Are there any you remember? There were some characters I used to draw. That was like a turtle with a, like a party hat. There was this alien. There was this uh, a dinosaur and a moose who had like a long-running like roommate relationship. I would draw and send around. Um, I still draw those ones at work from time to time when I'm just bored behind the register, and I'll just like give them to people as jokes. And they're usually just saying something vile and inappropriate. <laughs> 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 and sometimes if I like someone at the register, like someone I like a rapport with who's like a customer, I'll like draw a cartoon when they're walking by, I'll like slip one of them into their like bag that they'll see on it's like on the back of receipt paper that they'll like open up when they get home. And it's usually something really weird. Fun and inappropriate. And this yes. this turtle with the party hat, is he at a party? Like what is his deal? He's he I mean he's trying to turn everything to a party. His name's PT, short for party turtle. Oh. And he's his best friend is a giraffe in a sweatshirt and a weird little alien dude. And I drew a long comic one time when I was in my early 20s about them trying to bake a cake that came alive. I was a character in it and I like, essentially they were my friends, but also pets, it seemed like. I was in a real dark place when I was making this project. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it was a disaster and it wasn't that bad. I was really into this stuff at the time and I was 
This is what I did a lot. And have you ever thought about like drawing for television or, or no, is that not really an attainable thing? That was what I thought I wanted to do when I showed up to college. I don't know if either of you realize it, but I like uh, was took a ton of studio art classes at school and I did a I lot of that. drawing. And so what I wanted to do was be like a storyboard artist and writer for Cartoon Network when I showed up to school. Um, but over time I've become less and less interested in cartoons, although I still enjoy them a lot and comic strips, but uh, my just interest changed and moved away from it, but I still get a real kick out of a good cartoon, a good com- online comic strip. Sure, sure. Um, back to Bob's Burgers. So one of my favorite things about the show is um, uh, like the clever little uh, puns that they have or like the, not cameos, but um, in the title sequence, they always have a uh, exterminator van drive by and there's um, uh, like a clever name that's a pun on extermination somehow. And then they have a store, which in the show is out of business, but in the title sequence is like a store that is unlikely to succeed and it's something really obscure. Or uh, they have a burger of the day oftentimes, and those are clever um, names for burgers. Uh, but Mike, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Do you have um, any off the top of your head that you really liked? Honestly, I don't remember them all because I don't remember them because they're just like, they're just like, they're fairly disposable. And there's just hundreds of them at this point. Yeah. These yeah. Like uh, some of the names of the burgers are, um, yes, I can, like canned pepper, bean spirit, smells like bean spirit. One fish, two fish, red fish hamburger. That's kind of I funny. think there was one that was named that, that was like Catherine Feta Jones. That was yeah, one. that's really good. So my question for you is, if you had to name a hamburger after yourself, what would it be, and what would it have on the burger? What if I had to name a burger after myself? Yeah, or if you know Bob of Bob's Burgers, the titular character, had to name one after you, what would he name it, and what would he put on it? I mean, you could just do a pun on my last name, like the Michael Burns, and it's just a burn burger. That'd be kind of funny. Pretty low bar for humor. <laughs> pretty <laughs> basic writing. I'm part of their staff. <laughs> um, would you eat that? Would I? No, of course not. Would you eat any of their food? I don't know. It seems like that he like he's a pretty hairy, possibly Greek dude. It seems like he doesn't wear like a hairnet or anything in the show. I don't think the kids wash their hands. They seem pretty reckless and irresponsible. Uh, he also seems pretty spacey. He talks to the food a lot. In like this like weird, uh, uh, like imaginary doll way. I don't know. There's there's a lot of like issues. Well, I mean, yeah, I eat there just for the novelty of it. But all right. Um, now tell us what would the third degree burn burns burger have on it? I think I just put what I like on a burger on it. I'm gonna go with uh, some pickles, toasted brioche bun, definitely a different kind of creamier cheese to complement the crunch of the pickles. So probably feta or brie actually. And then maybe some caramelized onions just to add a little bit more sweetness with the cheese on it, just to really like compensate for just like how the the burger itself, the patty is just like a piece of charcoal. Huh. Again, a much more thoughtful answer than I anticipated. <laughs> Does that mean I'm a bad guest? Oh, you're the worst guest we've had and it's not close. I have another question. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think of like situational comedies with like recurring bits and like, you know, like the the reality is sort of reset at the end of every episode versus like narrative TV shows? I've been thinking about this like all week for the past two weeks for some reason, because I have nothing else to think about. And so at some point after like shows essentially just like, like use running gags as like a crutch, it just becomes stale. 
in my opinion. And you want to see characters in new situations, even if the same character. But if the same joke comes out of those situations, it's just not very interesting. I guess, I don't know, I was thinking about it because I just watched Arrested Development. That seems like the issue of Arrested Development. That's like season one, it's so hot and funny. You're just like, joke here, joke there, joke there. But by season three, you're like, I've heard all this before and nothing has happened. And it just gets stale. I think that's a fair point. One of the things I really like about Bob's Burgers is um, their callbacks are more substantive in nature. Like in Arrested Development, like clearly the writers are very clever and like do a really good job of creating puns and like calling back to recurring jokes. Um, but the callbacks in Bob's Burgers are oftentimes like characters or concepts that have like their entire, um, that have entire episodes devoted to them. So they have the, um, what is it? Boys for now characters. It's like a, a boy band um, with which uh, the two sisters are kind of obsessed. And like they initially did like a boy band episode maybe uh, but oftentimes, like, weave these characters into, like, other episodes where, like, the members of the band become, like, parts of the episode. And it's not just, like, a, a gimmick anymore. It's like, oh, those are characters in the show. And I think they do that quite well. The, the show does have uh, a lot of heart, I would say. It does have a lot of heart. And you can see over time how, like, the relationship between Bob and his children like, even though they stay the same age, it seems like slightly changes and it shows moments where he's a better father or just a better listener to everyone. And you really like hold on to those moments as being very sweet and sincere. And it also is true that like one of the nice things about when shows with shows where like no one changes or grows up is that you can just do like a different take of the same thing every year. Like you can do another Halloween episode or another Christmas episode. And there's just so much to be done on those themes. Like you can have the same punk ass kids coming back on Halloween just messing things up for Bob's children, or you can have like a different take on Christmas that involves other holidays that weren't mentioned in uh, the previous episodes. There's just a lot of possibilities when you get to revisit something with like the same characters who essentially have not changed. So you would say that Bob's Burgers sort of almost like straddles the line then between like repetitive sitcom and narrative because you do think there is growth. There has been growth in the show as like the writers have discovered like certain corners of the relationship between uh, the family and the, and each other that were not necessarily there or they thought of near the beginning. However, at the same time, it definitely is a sitcom and that it just like, it's just, it's not, it's kind of like it, it is like the show itself is an Etch-a-Sketch, but the writers are learning as they write it. One of the other things I really like about this show is the music. Um, I think almost every episode they have uh, some kind of tune. Some of them are heavily musical, others not so much. Um, do you have a favorite song from Bob, Bob's Burgers? And if so, what is it? And by the way, this is just a question to allow me to say my favorite song after you respond. It would, I can't remember the names. Again, the specifics oftentimes evade me, but it would definitely have to be one of the songs they wrote for the, the Boys For Now group, because I think they're so funny. Like, I think there's like, there's one of the kids in the Boys For Now has like a full on mustache. And the other ones are like nine. And, I don't know, they just, they definitely, they have a lot of fun with that group. And I think that's probably where one of my favorite songs would be found. My favorite, thank you for asking. Is, um, wait, wait, wait. Ethan, what is your favorite song? You know, Mike, thanks for asking. You know, a lot of people, including Noah, haven't asked that. I would say either um, Bad Things Happen in the Bathroom, which is when Gene, uh, Bob's son, the titular character's son, glues his father by accident to the toilet. Uh, that's a good one. 
And then the other good one, um, or the other really good one in my opinion is um, Electric Love, which is for like a school, like theatrical production about Thomas Edison and the elephant that he electrocuted. Oh, I remember that one. I remember that. Yeah. They say Thomas Edison, he's the man to get us into this century. And that man is me. I also yeah. like that it takes place in a restaurant and I used to work in restaurants. So it's just very, very one-to-one -one kind of simple relatability there. Good. My last question about this show is, um, do you laugh out loud when you watch the show, Mike? Because I love it. I think it's very funny. I think it's very well written, but it is rare that I do anything more than like snort when I watch it. I am not someone who laughs out loud when they watch things. Really? It does not happen very often. Happen. Things in real life, if I'm like with people at a show, I will laugh out loud. But if I'm alone watching TV, which is generally how and when I watch TV, I do not laugh out loud. I usually have a pretty cold, stern expression. <laughs> oh, just in case you're being watched. Yeah. I don't know by who, but I don't know. I just, I can't let people know that I experience joy. That's fair. So I would, I would love to know, like, any other TV shows that you weren't able to bring on, maybe they got edged out by um, Bob's Burgers, but you would love to mention and think that, you know, anyone who has time should check them out. Other shows? Um, I'm not a big, a big TV watcher. I think Ethan can probably confirm that. I don't watch a ton of TV. I would have preferred if the categories for this show uh, were uh, favorite book, uh, kept favorite song, and uh, maybe throw in a favorite run I've ever been on. That would have been nice for me. Oh, but, oh, so you think you can do the show better than we can? I mean, yes. Oh, Ethan, you hearing this? Very interesting. It almost sounds like he thinks he's better than us just because he that, is. That is what it sounds like. Oh, you're, you know, big, big man, go for a run, read a book. Uh, just because we're not literate and can't run doesn't mean, you know, we can't have a podcast. That is true. This is an auditory medium. Yeah. That's a good point. So other shows, <laughs> other shows I would recommend. I just watched uh, all of I Think You Should Leave by Tim Robinson last night because I had nothing to do. And it was okay. I guess check it out if you haven't. And then, oh, I know what I'd recommend. Dawson's Creek. Everyone should watch Dawson's Creek. It's, it's like a teen drama from the, the early 2000s. And it's just like these teenagers who have problems that are even complicated for adults, and it's fantastic, and everyone should watch it. Was this like a precursor to Shit's Creek? No. It okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much is the the you know body of water <laughs> featured in the show? The the titular body of water, if you will. Yeah, because Ethan and I get scared when it's too deep. I can't swim. I can't run. I can't swim. And you're not gonna like that episode where Abby drowns. That'll be a bummer. Okay, we're going to leave that in. This is a, a pro-spoiler podcast. Oh, yes, wait, we haven't told him about spoiler policy, though. So you got to, this is a little late, but whenever you say a spoiler, you have to say how much money it's worth. So if it's like a huge spoiler, it might be worth like $100. And if it's a small spoiler, it might be worth like $2. So do you want to just say how much money that's worth? How much money that's for is worth? Yeah. Five bucks. No one really likes that character. Mm. Her name also might not be Abby, so I might not be ruining anything. Oh, so people really don't like her then. You don't even know oh, her name. So it's like, you know, counterfeit money then because like some people think it's worth $5 and other people are like, hey, if you had drawn this with a Sharpie, we're going to call the police and chase you out of the store. Yeah, I just, I just paid for my steak dinner and Monopoly money. Good. Mm. All right. 
Uh, all right, so for those of you who are interested and have somehow never seen Bob's Burgers, uh, you could probably knock it out in like 60, 60 hours, you think, Ethan? Yeah, a couple weeks. Couple, a couple nice weeks, and you could watch it on Hulu. Though uh, apparently Mike has a really interesting way of watching it. Mike, you wanna talk about this? If you wanna watch it, if you don't have the time to set up like a free Hulu account from a fake Gmail you just came up with, go to watchcartoon.something.com. It's totally under the radar. You just go there, you scroll down the list of every anime and cartoon on it, find Bob's Burgers in the B category, click on it. You'll know it's the website when there's a bunch of like creepy anime porno banner ads all over it. That's the one. It's going to try to give your computer a virus. Don't accept the virus. <laughs> That's how viruses work. Click on it. Also, if you try to expand the show from the tiny little box on the center screen to the full screen, it's going to fuck up your Safari. It's going to do something weird to it. You're going to have to watch it on that small screen. I apologize, but it's easier than setting up a Hulu account. Good. Wait, so just, just to be clear, because this does matter for, for our evaluation of your taste, have you watched all of Bob's Burgers on a tiny little screen? I've watched like five episodes probably. That, and that's it in your entire life, you've just watched five. <laughs> no, I've watched some of it on TV, but I have watched most of it on Tiny Little Screen. <laughs> okay, well that will be taken into account. Ethan, you want to take it's the second offering. It's almost like he likes it one-fifth as much. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yes, the second offering. So Mike also likes movies in addition to liking uh, TV shows. And he likes a movie that isn't super good. What's the name of it, Mike? Can I ask a question? No. Is this a game show? <laughs> what is the name of the movie, Mike? It's called Superbad. Oh, that does not bode well for you. No, it's almost like it's not a good movie. All right, Mike, uh, where did you first watch this movie? Probably in my basement uh, when I was a teenager. And right. I've seen it a few times since. Most recently, I saw it at 3 a.m. in this random uh, person's apartment in the Alban Towers in D.C. And I still don't really know whose apartment that was. And you want to say this person's full name and where they live? Uh, they don't live there anymore, and I don't know the person's name. So. Okay, good. Um, All right, so this sounds like a lie, but... Uh, what what was a better viewing experience, in, in the basement or in the, the apartment at 3 a.m.? Uh, definitely the basement. Better audio. Less things going on around me. Uh, oh, you were watching alone? When I saw it the first time. I probably watched it with my brother the first time I saw it. And, and did you have friends? Did I have friends? No, I had those drawings I mentioned from earlier. Mm, party turtle and what have so, you. So, but the turtle was being quiet. The turtle? Yeah, it's a drawing. It's a what? It's a drawing. Right, but he was being mm, quiet. Okay, well. No, no, what is he not getting about this? I don't understand. He must not be that good of a cartoonist if his, okay. his drawings don't make noise. Anyhow, um, <laughs> how would you describe the plot of Superbad? The plot of Superbad. Uh, it's a fantastic movie that where uh, three high school friends uh, basically try to score alcohol and go to a party so they can uh, impress some girls from their class in high school who are going to be at this party. And then they go to the, a liquor store with a fake ID. Uh, they get separated from each other and reunite at the party. Some cops become involved in the whole thing. Hilarity ensues. It's great. I love it. Highly recommend it. It's perfect if you're like 18 years old or 17 years old. But not perfect if you're not. Those it's still good. I still, I, I mean, I laugh when I see it now, but it's, it's, a, it's a funny movie. Can you think of other right, movies that are so. like 
for a specific time in your life? I think a pretty, at least in my life, a pretty iconic one for when I was young was Napoleon Dynamite. Mm. That like, that like hit pretty hard uh, when I was probably around like middle school. I remember going to Five Below and buying like a Napoleon Dynamite pen that like when you press the, the button, it made like set a quote from the movie. But jazz. <laughs> oh man. Uh, uh, I don't do impressions, but it said it would do like the Tina, you fat lark, come get some dinner. That's a pretty iconic one. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, we, we believe you. You're not making the pen up. <laughs> oh, I would love to know, did you see Booksmart when it came out? I have not seen Booksmart. You have not seen it. Well, you know, it's, it's been compared to Superbad quite a bit. That's fine. I haven't seen it. Interesting. That's really interesting because it's, it's supposedly a very similar movie, except the main characters are women. What do you have to say about that? It's, I mean, enough has changed yeah. culturally in the past 10 years that if it's more appropriate for a movie like that to have two young female leads and to start their careers that way, then by all means, they should make that film. So they can do it, but you won't see it. Spoken like a true misogynist. <laughs> I mean, if someone asked me to watch the movie with them, or like, I, I don't watch a lot of movies in general, so I have not seen it. Okay, it, so what you're saying is Superbad comes out of a very small pool of movies overall that you've seen, just taste-wise. I have, yeah, I really have not seen, like, in the, for the average person, I imagine, I have seen less movies than the average person. Okay, Ethan, write that down. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, of the three main characters, uh, whose names I forget, but, uh, the actors who played them are Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, and, uh, McLovin is, I think, Chris, Chris class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which did you like the best or, uh, which did you relate the most to? In high school, I was definitely, uh, um, Michael Sarah, whose character, yeah, I was definitely most like him. I think his character's name's Evan in the movie. Yeah, I believe so. And I was definitely more like him, very quiet and a little bit shy, like always hands in the pockets. And just to mention, they, this doesn't get talked about enough that like the beginning premise of the movie is that they're going to college in different places. So they're not like gonna be able to hang out anymore. The Mick Lovin and Michael Sarah's character, Evan, are both going to Dartmouth and they seem so stupid. There's- That also struck me, I think when I watched <laughs> they're, it, yeah. They're going to such good schools. That's such a good school. And they seem so dumb in the movie. It just seems like a flaw, if you ask me. Or maybe the writers real. Actually, I think the main characters wrote it, right? Or at least Seth Rogen and Michael Sarah did. Seth Rogen wrote it. He wrote it with someone else. I don't it was not Michael Sarah. Oh, okay. Um, but maybe they're not big fran big fans of Dartmouth, and so they wanted to malign it. It's possible. Mm, likely, I would say. It got waitlisted, probably. Yeah, there you go. Um, one of the things I really liked about this movie was how well it captured how inane and unnecessary the end, well, not unnecessary, but how inane and um, just like ridiculous the end of senior year is for a lot of high school kids. Um, would you say that the end of your high school career was markedly different than the rest of it? And did you do anything that was particularly fun or out of character for you during, let's say, like the last three months of senior year in high school? I remember the end of senior year being very fun because we didn't have a lot of work to do. And my school didn't really want us around because they didn't want us distracting the other students from the lower classes who had a lot of work to do. 
Because at that point, most of us who were seniors had already were accepted to our colleges and had already committed to going to certain schools. So we were just kind of like slacking off and no one really cared what we did. Did I do anything too out of character? Not particularly. I think I still, I remember still working hard in my classes to no end. And I went to a few parties. Uh, I probably drank a beer or two. Underage. Yes, underage. I, yeah, you might want to write that down. I did. Um, and it was, it was fun. I remember just hanging out with my friends and having some fun. And we were just like excited to start something else. There was a lot of pageantry. I remember that. There was a lot of pageantry going around. In what way? Um, it was my school's like 100th anniversary, centennial. And so it seemed like they were really playing up our graduation, like it was a bigger deal than it was. And it, I just remember a lot of banners and a lot of signs and just the school being a big hubbub about it. Because it also had just um, merged with like an elementary school nearby. So it was like, that was the big like centennial announcement was that these two schools were combining. I mean, a hundred years ago, you did decide to to graduate on the school's hundredth anniversary. So I can see how you would want credit for that. I played my cards well. Yeah. So I'd love to know if you have other movies that you would like to recommend. Other movies I'd like to recommend. I would recommend anything made by Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. All animation, clearly a big animation fan. Um, It's a Japanese animation studio, incredibly iconic, important. Classic titles like Princess Mononoke, Spirit Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, Howl's Moving Castle, Nasuka in the Valley of the Wind, all fantastic, incredibly imaginative, heartwarming, uh, just like breathtaking movies. Definitely recommend all those. Why didn't you talk about one of those instead of this? Because I figured you two wouldn't give a shit about those. That's fair. I mean, he's he's right, yeah. (laughs) Noah's a huge fan of those movies. All of them. He's seen ones that you haven't even heard of. I have every like single frame of every single one of those movies tattooed on my back. <laughs> so yeah, you could say I'm a fan. Yeah, that's pretty bold, but all right. And painful. Yeah, you must have a really big back. Oh, you wouldn't even believe. The beast with a thousand backs, but that's what they call him. That is, that is what they call me. And by they, I mean Ethan's parents. Yep. All right, so look, if you wanted to watch Superbad, because somehow you haven't seen it, uh, what it's, it's just less than two hours, I think. And I think you could you could probably get it on Netflix. It's still on Netflix. It is on Netflix and Amazon Prime. It's so funny. And Bill Hader's in it, and he's so funny. He is so funny. It's like, I'm a big Bill Hader fan. I've not seen Barry, so I guess I'm not that big of a fan. But he's funny on SNL. That's enough for me. Well, Barry is, you really should see Barry. because it's, it's an excellent fabulous. show. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, is it fair to say that you're no hater of Bill Hader? Oh, oh Ethan. Yeah. So yeah, is it fair to say that? Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. I'm not okay. a hater. Good. Good, 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 good. Hey, um, actually, one more question for you. Why do you think Superbag has aged so well? Because a lot of the movies that were made around the same time that had similar plots, like um, Accepted, that one with Justin Long. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the other one I was thinking of. Role Models, that's pretty similar. Pineapple Express, I think, has aged pretty well. But there are some movies that are in the same vein, and I feel like they don't have the same notoriety as Superbad does now. Coincidentally, I just watched Pineapple Express for the first time last month while I was just on a, a trip in the Catskills with my friend. Oh. I watched it there. Um, and it was, it was okay. It was more of an action movie than I thought it was going to be. Anyways, to answer your question, I think that 
those movies, uh, well, for starters, I think that it like captured a lot of people who became really successful at the beginning of their career, like Seth Rogen, Bill Hader, at least early on in their careers, Michael Sarah, John Hill, even Christopher Mintz Blast. So it was just all these people who like Emma Stone, just a lot of people who became really, really successful. And it's a pretty early movie that has all of them in it. So it kind of has a cult following the same way Freaks and Geeks does, that it's like this like cool little object that they were all a part of. Uh, beyond that, I think it's just funnier. Uh, it has a more like quote unquote timeless, like narrative centerpiece of like friendship, albeit like white male friendship or whatever. But I think, I don't know, it just has really good characters, really awkward, relatable, like people who want to be liked. Cool. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, all right, so let's take this to offering number three, your song. And this song is called Vacation Town. Is that correct? Hell yeah, it is. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about maybe when you first heard Vacation Town or when you first discovered the front bottoms? So the first time I heard the front bottoms, back when I was a senior in high school, I was hanging out with my friend Dylan, who had a cool old, older brother named Travis, who was like a lot older. He was like 27. We were 18. Travis was That a is great, a cool older brother name. Yeah. Travis was kind of a rough kid. He like rolled with a rough crowd when he was younger. He once got his teeth kicked in by a drug dealer. He was has covered in like two sticker sleeves, both arms of like American traditional style tattoos. Good looking guy, surfer, he was the man. And he became like, got to know the front bottoms one night because they all got like tattoos together in like the van, the band's van of like pineapple on their feet or something, or at least him and the drummer. That's apparently the story. It could not be true, but either way, he did get a shirt from the whole thing. So I think it's true. And he came back with some records from this hangout in the show and we were listening to him in the basement. And it was uh, probably the worst music I'd ever heard in my life. Uh, it's just like this guy strumming on a very tinny sounding acoustic guitar, a lot of voice cracks, dance beats in the background from the drums. And then over time, I just grew to become more uh, in love and emotionally dependent on their music. And they're truly my favorite band. I cannot stress that enough. Wait, so this is this is sort of interesting to me. I think that's a that's a, really good like getting to know a band story but it, it does seem like you're implying that um like you really like this band but you could understand why other people wouldn't do you think that's they're, true or am i getting that wrong they're not good now that, that's the first on the show <laughs> they're not good but i love them and a lot of other people do a lot of other kids that work on a hot topic like them <laughs> and um i don't know that i would say they're a bad band i think as you point out their sound isn't really agreeable in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, a lot of their um, production is kind of harsh. And uh, Brian Selle, he's the guitarist, right? Yeah, he's the guitarist and singer. Yeah, uh, he, he just has like a really distinct voice, but not in a good way always. Like, His voice is very similar to Tom DeLonge of Blink-182. Yes, and um, I was gonna say, it sounds like he's imitating someone, maybe such as Tom DeLonge of Blink-182, uh, but not doing a good job at it. But uh, it's yeah. his real voice. Yes, they are. They've been around for a minute. They are like they are quite successful, and like they're not a band that's really had a lot of radio success. But they like play really big venues when they go from city to city, and they do have like a popular following, and they have great live shows. And so they are like a successful alternative band that has like proven that you can be successful without achieving success in a lot of like the more conservative metrics and benchmarks within the music industry of hit songs, like 
commercials, having your music played in shows. They just kind of like hit the road and have a good time and like try to make sure everyone else has a good time there. It's just worked out for them, it seems like, over time. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'd never heard of them before. Um, but then it was interesting because when I heard their music, I was like, oh, this sounds like something that I would have heard of, if that makes sense. Like, it sounds like they would be famous. There's something about it. I don't know. Their music belongs in, like, like one of those kick-ass soundtracks from, like, yeah. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on the PS2. Right. That's exactly would have been their bread and butter. Right, when. right. Like you were saying with the, the voice thing, I guess I also, I thought this was sort of interesting. At parts of this song, it, it sounds like the singer has this, like, kind of southern twang, but then it, it kind of recedes. It's like a Jersey the- accent. Is it really? It's Jersey. Oh. If you listen to him in interviews, he has a really thick Jersey accent. It's very weird. And for you, are, are accents a deal breakers in song? Like I know some people will not listen to country partially because they hate the accent, like the Southern accent in song. Do you, do you feel that way about country or clearly not about Jersey, but about anything like that? I have some, some distaste for some country music because a lot of it can feel very artificial, especially when they uh, like have very affected accents. However, I do enjoy a lot of folk music, which is on the border of country music and shares a lot of like musical ancestry and inspiration, um, like instrument wise and lyrically. Uh, I don't necessarily mind it. I think sometimes the fact that like certain bands have thick accents is cool. Like the Front Bottoms or the band Block Party, their singer has a really thick British accent that doesn't go away when he sings. Um, Zooming in on the song, one of the lyrics is, I miss walking naked through the backyard to get to the outdoor shower. Um, I think that's a very strong image of like vacationing and doing something that is kind of like liberating and unusual and that you would associate with a certain place. Um, My question for you is, do you have any imagery or like a memory of being on vacation that really sticks out for you? And if you had to make a song lyric about it, what would it be? And keep in mind, these are really routine, you know, Easy to answer questions. Hmm. Beyond vacation, a very distinct song lyric. Well, let's start with the memory. So what was your favorite vacation? My favorite vacation? Yeah. Um, I'm not a big vacation person because for some reason I don't remember them very well. They just, they just come and go in my mind and I just don't have really strong memories of vacations when I go on them. All right. Uh, I realize that is an unfulfilling answer. I really like going to Iceland. That was fun. Okay, um, there you go. So let's let's uh, hone in on that. Probably um, something to do with the northern lights and being very cold and how I didn't want to get out of the van because I was so cold to see the northern lights. Uh, I missed walking naked through the backyard to get out of the van. <laughs> it works perfectly. Yeah, it sounds good to me. God, yeah, right. God, it flows. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. While we're on the lyrics thing, I would love to know how much you care about lyrics and songs. Um, because I know, like, for instance, we had Nate on last episode. And he doesn't care at all about lyrics. He barely listens to them. He doesn't um, even I, perceive them. He's like a, a dinosaur where if you move slowly enough, you know, it can't pick up the, the motion. Yeah, yeah. He's like one of your cartoons, sort of. So yeah. would you, what, do you, what do you think about this? I mean, I think lyrics matter. Like, at, they certainly matter sonically because there are some songs that have good lyrics and, like, and there's other songs that have bad lyrics just as there are good poems and bad poems. And oftentimes the difference isn't necessarily the content as much as just sonically how the words sound. 
Uh, oh, so you would say you don't particularly care about meaning as much as you do about literally the sound of the words. I think in a lot of instances it is important. It's oftentimes more important sonically and like rhythmically how the words flow in the song than exactly what they're saying. But I do enjoy lyrics a lot. I do especially enjoy the front bottom lyrics because they are, they do have very strong imagery and they're oftentimes very wry and very sarcastic and very uh, quote unquote relatable. Um, I like the lyrics of Vacation Town a lot. I think one of the things that band does really well is it, not just in that song, but across their music is that they celebrate a lot of things that are not very good, like feeling lonely or anxiety. They just like really kind of hone in on that and like play it to like some pretty happy, upbeat music. And they seem like a big celebration of things that are like pretty dark and pretty like a pretty heavy load to carry. On that note, um, it might be appropriate to mention uh, their lyrics make me think of the kids from my high school that smoke cigarettes behind the 7-Eleven and I don't hate it. And it makes me think that those are probably some cool kids and maybe I should, you know, should have taken the time to get to know them or uh, should go find the kids that are smoking cigarettes behind the 7-Eleven now and make the time to get to know them. I, I mean, it's never, it's never too late to offer a, a helping hand to the next generation. Or a cigarette. Yeah, agreed. The first time I heard Vacation Town, senior year of college, just doing my thing, new front bottoms coming out that fall. They released the first single, Raining, that summer. I listened to it while I was in the bathroom of the restaurant before the restaurant opened because I was setting up, taking all the chairs off the tables and like setting out all the silverware. And I was so excited for it to come out that I like stopped working and I went to the bathroom to listen to it. And then Vacation Town came out back on campus. It was the exact amount of time it took for me uh, to ride my bike from my house to the student center was the exact basically length of that song. And so I could just like pop in my earbuds, start it, grab my bike. By the time I lock up my bike at the student center, song's over. It was great. Became a big hit at our parties. And by hit, I mean me and only my friends liked it. No one else really understood what the song was, but we still <laughs> play it. And uh, Ethan heard it sometimes at parties. Uh, Ethan once watched me uh, flip an entire beer pong table to the ceiling when the drop of the song came on. Uh, Everyone was very confused. It was fun. I don't know. Yeah, I had a good time. I will say it is a song that like doesn't play well at a college party after like a bunch of like Drake and Future. Like I remember you putting that song on and everyone would look around like visibly confused, but it was a fun song. Um, my favorite instance of listening to it was, uh, I think it was before Homecoming or no. Yeah. We were, we were uh, in your, uh, your apartment and would listen to that song and just like slam the table and I don't know, slap the ceiling. It was a good time. Yeah, it's a good song either way. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a song that I'm perfectly objective about. Oh, yes. And haven't Can't. made my mind up about. Haven't Nobody. even listened to it before. Yeah. Did you listen to any other songs by them when I uh, threw out those suggestions? Me? Or uh, I guess Noah. Yeah, I, I, I like the front bottoms. I mean, I am indifferent to the front bottoms yeah well since since ethan already knew them he just told me to listen to this song and what was the other one Ethan? flashlight, flashlight. yeah and yeah i mean i guess i thought i mean this the sound to me just like first lesson i was like oh this is very kind of i don't know it's very like alt rock like very like kind of the strokes a little like i don't know that like very broad type of music and yeah i, I guess i thought they were really good i think the lyrics are definitely I don't know, out like yeah, like kind of out there in a 
in a way where even some of like the phrasings are like like vaguely AJRian sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, yeah, there there is a lot of AJR and like the mountain goats influence, like running up through yeah. the records. Yeah. Especially in the earlier records, because they're like definitely centered around uh Brian and his acoustic guitar more than like these full band arrangements. And the band has gone through um several iterations from when their first record came out to now this their new record is actually coming out tomorrow. And, oh really? Oh, yeah, a little plug for the front bottoms. Yeah, so by the time you all are listening to this, uh, uh, whoever listens to this podcast. No, uh, my mom. Me in the future. Uh, <laughs> the record will be out by now. It's called In Sickness and in Flames. It's being released on Fueled by Ramen. It'll be, it'll be pretty good. I, I like the earlier stuff more, but there's a lot of people who are coming on and getting more into the band off of their new music. And like, no complaints if any band that I like has more fans. That's, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, they are fakers, but... Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're definitely posers at this point and deserve to be kicked off the label. But there, there you go, um, Mike. I have to say, I'm surprised that you chose this song. Um, what other songs that are less well known by the Front Bottoms do you like? What an amazing question! Yeah, because everyone knows that the more obscure the song, the more you like the band. They're, they're, they are a band where I think that there is some something that does track. I think it is true for a lot of bands that sometimes their best song is their most popular one. Yeah, totally. I, I think like that is essentially what a one-hit wonder is, is that their best song is their most popular one, um, at least commercially. But I think also like there must be some other truth to it. In terms of other songs by the Front Bottoms that I like a lot that are not as popular, I really like the song Help A Lot, that was my favorite song by them. I remember around my sophomore year of college, because that was when their third record came out, was when my sophomore fall, and I really liked that one. Um, they have another song called Peach that is fairly popular that I like a lot. And then I really like the song, uh, oh, I really like their song Summer Shandy. And that is on their third record. It's not a hit, but it's very good and has very fun lyrics and has a good bass line and a killer hook and refrain. And I think it's one of their best songs. And it's also one of the farthest away from the, like a, what is a front bottom song or what a front bottom song can be. And I think it's one of the like, most interesting songs they've written. And just out of curiosity, why uh, Vacation Town and not that song? I, Vacation Town has way more memories associated with it. It's more accessible. It has a very catchy hook. It uh, has a music video that's like pretty fun and quirky and easy to watch. And it just, I have a ton of memories of listening to that song with other people. And it's generally the only song by them that I've gotten other people to like. <laughs> <laughs> it's that one in Au Revoir Adios. Other than that. Oh, that's such a good song. I can't get my friends. It's not to even like. a song. That's just like a, a extended chorus, but it's wonderful. Yeah, that song's just like a two-minute long hook that's like real biting, and it's yeah. just real fun. And Vacation Town, I got other people to like, and that was very exciting. It was the first song I played for the Front Bottoms that my friend Jack did not immediately hate. Like, every other time, he was like, this is the worst song I've ever heard. And then I played Vacation Town, and he was like, I like this. And then I came back to the house one day, and he was listening to it without me, and my mind was blown, and I realized I broke through to him. That's probably one of the best moments anyone could have for a band that they like is that when they realize their friends are listening to it without them forcing them to. Yeah, that's no, that's which, which you do often. I take. <laughs> I definitely force, yeah. force you to listen to that. <laughs> well, no, I know about the front bottoms. 
<laughs> like, All right. you say so. I knew about them first. No, I remember like I wasn't hugely into them and you definitely encouraged me to listen to them more. But I remember uh, having the conversation with you where you were like, really, you've heard of them before? Because uh, I guess they're pretty well known, but it generally isn't the kind of music that I listen to. Wait, so just to be clear, which one of you is cooler? Mike. <laughs> you know, and Mike, there's no, you're not denying that. I think Ethan, Ethan has more potential for professional success which is uh, really which is, cool. That's, that's yeah, what people like. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. I do not have that going for me at the moment. Um, but I think Ethan's very cool. I think Ethan's very funny and is also a very good actor. Oh, that's very kind. Cut all that, Noah. I don't want anyone to know that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, would, I would never put that on. All right. And on that uplifting note, why don't we uh, convene to harshly judge Michael and his tastes? Well, I'll say, here's what I'll say, and let's, let's get real here. I just don't know if my grandmother could relate to him. Super bad? I mean, it's in me. That Mike kid, he's such a fuck. All right, everyone, we are back, and we have our decision. Ethan, you want to take this away? Yeah, so after some intense deliberation, um, we have decided that Mike is, in fact, a good apple. Cue sound effect. And sound effect. Now, that isn't to say that he's a good, good apple. We've decided that he's a bad, good apple. Maybe like a, a baking apple, like a Granny Smith. Yeah. Um, you, so, you put it in a pie or a tart, maybe. But. Yeah, a, a tart, yeah. Um, sure. That is to say, you know, Mike will eat you, but uh, we're going to make a face the whole time. And unless there's a bunch of sugar on top of you, uh, no kids going near you. Well, it feels good to be considered uh, the first... Uh, bad, good apple. Can't wait to talk about this with my therapist. But more importantly, I think this adds a, a whole other dimension to this show that is completely unexplored, and that somewhere out there, hypothetically, probably not, there is a good, good apple that one day you two may encounter. And I look forward to listening to that episode when you do find that person. Well, that was a annoyingly optimistic answer. Uh, and unlikely. Mike yeah uh do you have any last things to say to the audience i guess maybe maybe any charities that you want to plug i would like to promote the website www.com <laughs>